Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. He alone is worthy. That's why we give him praise and honor. Amen. We have this baptism certificate. Can't do anything until we see my good brother, Brother Larry, come back to service. Hope to see him Sunday and we will get him his certificate. Good to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. God is great and greatly to be praised. We're grateful tonight to be together one more time to be able to worship and praise the Lord. We serve the true and living God. He's awesome. And we're grateful to be called the children of the most high God. It's Thursday evening at 730. Well, 732. (laughs) And it's time to go before the Lord in prayer and get right into our Bible study this evening. If you are ready to get into the word of the Lord with me, will you stand and let's go before the Lord in prayer? Amen. I'm ready for the word of God. And I will say this um, during these times, um, I guess we find ourselves with a little bit more time um, than we had have uh, before Corona. And uh, many people are doing different things with the uh, extra time. Some people are um, renovating their house. Uh, doing things in their yards, some people installing pools, all kind of things are being done during this time at home. And that's a wonderful thing. I, I, I especially thank God for the time that we're, we all have had to spend with our immediate family. That's wonderful. But I will say this. This is also an opportunity to dig into the word of God. This is also an opportunity to study, to show yourself approved. And so as well as we do all the things that we can do um, physically and in our homes and, um, and with our families, and that's wonderful, but please remember to take time out to dig into the Word of God and study and learn what God is trying to tell you. I'll show you some things tonight in our study Um, regarding the importance of digging into the scriptures as opposed to just looking at the surface of the scripture. Uh, It's easy to read the things on the surface and just receive it and, um, and, and just stay right on the surface. But God didn't expect for us to just continue to just read surfacely the word of God. He wants us to dig deep. And so hopefully we will dig a little deeper tonight. And uh, when you get some time to yourself, you will also dig into the word of God. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Um, Don't forget our prayer requests, uh, all the names that we have. I hope you're keeping up with the names and praying for all the individuals that we have mentioned. And so continue to keep them in your prayer. But I want you to pray tonight that our, our Bible study tonight as God, that God will speak to us and God will help us and I want to experience God just moving in my, moving in my heart, in my mind. I, I, I want the presence of God to just overwhelm us. Um, sometimes we don't allow God to do things because we, we, we have our expectations and we have our, our traditional uh, way of doing things. And um, we might think it's Bible study. So, you know, maybe there won't be a great move of God's spirit. So we kind of kind of position ourselves that way. Ah, it's Bible study. 
you know, you never know. Just, you know, it, it's just what we do. We study. But how about you? Every time you come into the presence of the Lord or we come together, I should say, you expect anything from God. You, you just have to expect that anything can happen when we come together, that God can do exceeding abundant above whatever we can ask or think God can move on us. So pray with me tonight and ask God to help us and speak to us and give us an experience with him tonight. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're thankful. We're grateful for always for this wonderful privilege as the saints of God, the, the people of the name the family of God, seekers of God, to come together, Lord God, to worship you in the beauty of holiness. Lord God, I pray that you will forgive me for all unselfish ways. For, Lord, I don't want to be selfish, Lord God. I want to be in your presence, ready, Lord God, to worship you, adore you, and praise you, and not just wanting and waiting for you, O oh God, to do what you can do. Father, I pray that there will be a true exchange tonight, Lord God, as we come together. That, Lord God, as we worship you, as we praise you, as our hearts, Lord God, reach for you, as we thirst after you, as we lift our hands, as we open our mouths to praise you, Lord God, that, Lord, you will meet us in a special way, in a miraculous way. We're asking tonight, Lord God, that the presence of the Lord will be manifested in our midst, Lord God, for everyone that have come together tonight, Lord God, whether by, oh God, live stream or here in person, I pray, almighty God, that there will be a sovereign move of your spirit upon each and every one of us, Lord God, that there will be, oh God, an encounter that we will have with you that will continue to transform us, that will continue, Lord God, to move in us, mold in us, and shape in us, Lord God. We pray tonight for understanding and revelation, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you will do a sovereign work, Lord God, within us, Lord God. Father, we thank you for all you have done, but Lord, we're not satisfied. We want, oh God, to truly be what you have called us to be. We want to take our rightful place in you. We want to do the things that you called us in the kingdom of God to do. Father, have your way tonight. Let nothing hinder us, Lord God, from being free in the Holy Ghost tonight, Lord. I pray that every person that is engaged tonight, Lord, will be free in the Holy Ghost, that there will be worship, that there will be praise, that there will be thanksgiving, oh God, that, Lord, there will be adoration, and, oh God, a, 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 a a sense of thanksgiving, Lord God, where th tonight, Lord God, we will just thank you and honor you and worship you and lift up your name. I pray tonight that the spirit of the Lord that is within us will stir us, Lord God, where, Lord, we cannot be content, Lord, but where, Lord Jesus, we'll be able, oh, Father, to give honor to you, Lord, to give glory and praise unto thy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, have your way tonight. Not our will, but thine will be done. Not our will, but thine will be done. Will you speak to us? Will you move on us and equip us, Lord God? Help us, Father, to know the truth, Lord God. And, oh, God, by faith, obey the truth, Lord God. Have your way tonight, Lord. I pray that we will take something away from your instructions tonight that will help us, Lord, to be 
better Christians, to be better examples, to be a witness, Lord, like we ought to be. Father, have your way tonight. Will you bless us as we assemble ourselves? Oh, God, have your way, Lord. We give you the praise. Oh, God, we give you the honor for you alone are God. You are our King, our Savior, our Healer, our Deliverer, our Strength. Jesus, we give you honor. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name. You're worthy of all the praises and all the honor. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, will you anoint me tonight to speak as your oracle? And will you anoint the ears, the ears to hear, Lord God, touch the hearts to receive tonight. That change, transformation will take place, Lord God. Oh, Father, have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. I want you to challenge yourself. Do me a favor and challenge yourself. Try to, everything that you do for the Lord, try to go into it with an open mind and not with a preconceived mind. Because when you get into anything, that you already kind of sized up and kind of have a perception of what you think will happen, uh, you will miss it if it doesn't happen the way you think it should happen. And even our prayer, we come together and we pray, and we might think in our mind, oh, we normally pray for two minutes. So if you think we normally pray for two minutes when we go into prayer, you know what you start doing? All right, you know, let me not get too much into my prayer because, you know, it's only two minutes. You cut it off. Don't worry about how long you think we're going to pray. Just pray because you never know what God wants to do. And that night that you decide that, oh, you know, it's just two minutes. That might be the night God wants to work and he might turn our Bible study into a prayer meeting. You don't know. We don't know. We have to stop allowing our perception of what we think things are and what we think, think things should be. We can't allow that to get in the way when it comes down to God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we can't begin to size him up and say, all right, I think this is what I think will happen tonight. From the minute you do that, you might miss out on what God has in store for you. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And we want you to get your Bibles and turn to, I believe, it's First Peter uh, 1, verse 15 and 16. I'm guessing it. We'll see what happens here. That's it. Audio vigil, remember it. So, all right. If that's what it is, then I'm all for it. Okay. Actually, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm there. First Peter, 1 and 15. Hallelujah. We're still talking about holiness. We've been, we're on our third week. Amen. In our discussion of holiness. Holiness. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Good to see everybody. It's always so wonderful to see your faces. Sister Sylvia, see my face? I had on my mask when I came in. And um, Sister Sylvia was um, out there arguing with the other two nurses, talking about my daughter don't look like me. You want to get in trouble? Say my daughter don't look like me. That, that's me. You look at her. That's right. So I had my mask on. So she's like, Pastor, take your mask off. Let me really see if she looked like you. I said, nope, 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 nope. You're supposed to know that already. <laughs> but now you got it, right? All right. She got a Wyatt face. Okay. Just want you to know that. That's a Wyatt face. It's not a Johnson face. It's a Wyatt face. All right. Just want you to know that. All right. There's a reason why. You think it's a coincidence I say apple? It's the apple. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Peter chapter one, verse number 15. The word of the Lord says, but as he which had called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. I don't think it's any clearer than that. The word of God says, be holy, because I'm holy. The one that called us is holy. And he's saying, I called you, and I'm holy, therefore you have to be holy. It's real clear. And so we have to realize that along with faith, along with the goodness of God, along with uh, healing, along with Blessings financially. I mean, all the good stuff that you like to hear. Along with all of that, the Lord says, we got to be holy. And so it's a very essential part of our Christian living. And so we got into a lot so far. And tonight I think we're going to go into mm -hmm, a little bit of something, something here. Might have to put headphones on the children tonight. But we get into something tonight. <laughs> All right, so let's go over a few things we had looked at last week, and I'll just start from there and then go into this week's. The question was asked last week, and that's where we'll, we'll pick up. Where does holiness teaching originate? Where does holiness teaching originate? Uh, obviously, it originates from the Bible. The supreme source of holiness teaching is the Bible itself. Therefore, a holiness standard must either be a specific biblical statement or a valid application of a biblical principle. Now, that sounds like a lot. I'll get into it a little bit more for you. God has also given us spiritual leadership in the church to help us apply biblical principles to the situations we encounter in contempora contemporary life. We know that in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, he says he gave us, he gave us some apostle prophets, um, pastors and teachers, and it goes on to say why he gave us those gifts of the body. Um, so we have to think about the gifts that God has given us as far as uh, what's listed in the Bible, as far as 
those that he uses in the body of Christ to perfect the saints for the edifying of the body of Christ. We have to understand that God gave us those things and gave us those people to help us. Uh, I always say I've learned a little bit since, um, you know, serving the Lord. And what I always say is uh, your pastor is God's gift to you. It's just that simple. And I learned that quickly. So that that helps you to understand you are the gift. <laughs> right. I'm the gift, you know, um, meaning that you use me up. Right. That, that when you get a gift, what do you do with it? Right. The gift don't use you. But for a long time, sometimes it seems like it's the other way around. Right. But we want you to learn the right way. And so what I'm here to do is serve you. Uh huh. Now, I'm serving you under the direction of the Holy Ghost, the word of God and God himself. So. It's all right, but the bottom line is God chose pastors, evangelists, apostles, uh, teachers and and what, what did I forget? Whatever I forgot, but he, he chose them for us to be perfected. Amen. So. The Bible, your spiritual authority, and the Holy Ghost will help you and instruct you in holiness. Those are the three main, uh, well, places that you will receive your holiness instructions from. The Bible, uh, your um, spiritual leader, and the Holy Spirit. What are holiness standards? What are holiness standards? In the Old Testament, a standard was a banner that was lifted up or displayed before the people on a pole as a rallying point or a signal. That's Numbers 21, 8 through 9. This same word is used to indicate the pole upon which the bronze serpent was placed. It was customary to give a standard as a token of protection and that was regarded as the surest pledge of fidelity. God's lifting up or setting up a standard implies a particular presence, protection, and leading of his people in the execution of his righteous will. So when God established uh, his people, when he says, these are my people, God will set a standard for them. God will make sure that that his presence and protection is with them. So when when God say God, God, everything about God is just so powerful and so great and so wonderful. How would we just think this wonderful, this great God, this powerful God would would call people and not make them stand out? Not, not not have them now now unfortunately what happens a lot of times today we know that Israel wanted Jesus Christ who is God in the flesh Israel wanted him to be this king that would come and and sit on the throne and be in his in, in his kingdom earthly kingdom and reign they were looking for you know 
flash and dash. They, they wanted to see this great, this great king in his robe and his crown. They were looking for physical evidence of their king. And so when Jesus came, not the way they expected, not the way they anticipated, they were disappointed and they never accepted that he was God in the flesh. They never accepted that he was the Messiah because he didn't show up the way they wanted him to show up. Now, listen to me carefully. They wanted him to show up, flash and dash. He showed up, but he was still different. He was still peculiar. He was still just different from everything that they've ever experienced and seen. So he was different, but not the different that they wanted. Are we going to be like the children of Israel? And because what he is calling holiness for us to follow because it's not splash and dash like we want it, like the Israelites want it. We don't want to follow that. We, we just think, oh, that's not holiness because, you know, it should be this way. Because if it was this way, we would have known that that's what he wanted. Israel is still missing out today of knowing that the Messiah came all because their perception of what he should look like, what he should be doing was contrary to what he came and did and what he looked like. That should be an indication to us that if we're being holy, if we're living holy, the bottom line is this. It's going to not be like everybody else think is acceptable. If we're going to live holy and be holy as God said we need to be, it will not be acceptable to everyone because Jesus came and he was holy, but it was not acceptable to everybody. That's a good way to look at this thing. To know that if I am going to obey God and be holy, everyone will not look at it favorably and say, oh, I like that. I think that's pretty good. You will not get that because the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. Because he wasn't looking like, he wasn't acting like what they wanted him to look like and act like. Will we miss it today? Will we miss being holy because we have a perception of what holiness is and how we should look and it's different contrary to what the Lord Jesus Christ say holiness is as the lord taught us back then and always had a banner demonstrating that these people are his people and these are standards that they abide by and they are considered holy so today it's amazing that every country except one has a flag that represents their standard of who they are as a people only one country don't have a flag Everybody else have a flag, and the flag symbolizes what that country stands for, what they're all about, who they are. It's a message in all the flags. And what I mentioned to you last week, unfortunately, a lot of the countries have drifted away or not upkeeping the standards, what their flag represents. A lot of them are not doing it, doing it anymore. I don't know if this is all the way accurate, but... I, I listen for the most part, most national anthem, Ethan, you're good with doing research. Most national anthem is religious. Yes? Uh, most national anthem. Mm-hmm. Have some God in it. Isn't that interesting? 
that, that's interesting that most national anthem had, if it, if it's, if it's from way back in the day, it has some, some, some God in it. And it's amazing that where we are today, that we're not even looking at God. But, but what our banner says, what our flag says, says that we believe in God. So, as a country or as countries around the world, we have a flag that represents our standards, but every country is not following the standards of th- that that flag says they have. Not following it. And so, we said, don't look at other people in the church to determine if you should be holy or how you should look holy. You can't look at everybody else and determine that. Why? Because just like in society, everyone, even the highest of the highs in that society, may not be following the standards of that country. Guess what? Then, same thing. People are people no matter where they are. And in the church, there are many people that are not following God's standards for being holy. People are people. So don't look at someone else and think that you can look a certain way or you can be a certain way. Because they are a certain way. You, you, you can't do that. Holiness standards are not tangible part of holiness. That is an internal work of God's spirit. So the Holy Spirit is what work on the inside that will bring forth holiness on the outside. Somebody say amen. amen. Remember what we said. Only a... Immature Christian or a rebellious Christian that will not demonstrate holiness. Only a Christian that is immature because when you just get saved, you're immature, you still need teaching. There's a lot of teaching that people are missing throughout their, uh, their Christian walk. They've missed some teaching and some of it is not all their fault. And so they're not taught certain things, so they've missed out on certain things. But for someone that is not following holiness standards, there are usually two reasons why. You're either immature, young Christian, you still haven't learned any, everything, and, you're, and the Spirit of the Lord is still working in your life to help you to learn things. And so you're immature, and it's okay. You'll get there if you keep following the Spirit. But then you have people that's been living for God for some time, and they just decide flat out, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Y'all got quiet on me. Listen to this. Are external standards a type of Phariseeism, hypocrisy, or legalism? I, I love that question. I'm glad that question come up in. That's part of tonight's. Let me ask the question again. Are external standards, because this is a good debate. People like to debate this one. External standards. Is it a type of Phariseeism, hypocrisy, or legalism. All right. Jesus's main problem with the Pharisees was not that they appeared holy, but that their outer holiness was only a facade to camouflage their inner sin. I'll say that again. Jesus's main problem with the Pharisees was not that they appeared holy, but that their outer holiness was only a facade to camouflage their inner sin. 
So we notice, you can just say this and get by it because we like to use this as an excuse. You like to use an excuse that look at her. She acting all like she holy. Look what she got on uh, looking like she holy, but she ain't holy. Get over it. There are people that do that. It's not right. That's what the Pharisees do. The Pharisees, they, 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 they wore the, the, the garb and the robes that said, look at me, I'm holy. But within, they were full of sin. People will do that. We have scriptures for that. So why are we even worrying about it and even getting ourselves wrapped up? Look at them. Look at them. <laughs> I laugh when I hear, look at them, look at them. And I, I, listen, advice. Please don't waste your time thinking or talking about anything negative. It doesn't even make sense. Because a lot of times we don't know all the reasoning behind things. We don't know what people's situation are. And so I don't have time. I need stuff that's going to help me. How does something negative help me unless I'm looking to say, well, I won't do that. I won't do that. And if I'm saying that, I don't need to say it. I just need to look and say in my mind, I won't do that. I won't. Do, I don't need to talk about that. Wasting my time. I got to be honest with you. When I hear people talking negative stuff. I just want to walk away, run, or hang up. Because what is it doing for me? Ask yourself, what is it doing for you? I'm trying to move forward. Negative things do not move you forward. You, you keep listening to negative things and see where it keeps you. It keeps you right where you are. Because you spend your time talking about negative things so you don't feel like you're just that bad off. But what it does is it keeps you right where you are. You can't move forward. So you, know, you you might stay right where you are, but you never move forward when you're just talking about negativity. Because most of the times, the reason why we talk about negative is just to make sure we feel good that we're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. 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 Jesus used the word hypocrite, godless actors, to describe the Pharisees seven times in Matthew 23. Mm-hmm. Why are practical holiness issues mentioned infrequently in scriptures? I want to tell you something. This is, this is important. Some people feel like, well, it's not a whole lot of scriptures that, um, that talk about holiness. And so, you know, it must not be that important. Listen to me. The Bible is a gold mine. With much treasure hidden beneath its surface. The more you search in the original language and background, the more beauty you will see that's in this book here, the Bible. Some people resent the necessity of digging for truth. Spending quality time in serious, prayerful study and feel that we should only obey what lays on the surface of God's word. Some people don't want to dig in the scripture. You just want, what does the preacher, this is why we have people that's led astray because you hear the preacher preach and you take that and run with it. What if the preacher's wrong? But you will find yourself straying because 
You didn't want to go and dig. You just want the easiest route you can find to the word of God. That is, let somebody tell it to me. And when I read it, let me read the simplest thing that I can understand. Mm -hmm. But they have missed the treasure. Those that are like that have missed the treasure of God's word. God designed, listen to me carefully, God designed his word so that the plan of salvation is obvious to all of us. But the path to sanctification and holiness will only be apparent to serious students or disciples. So when you have come to the place of seeing what it is for you to be saved, what you need to do to be saved, that's great. Go ahead and get saved. But it doesn't stop there. Now it's time to start praying and asking God for more understanding. Start coming to Bible study and church as much as you can so the word of God can be imparted to you. And when you hear stuff, you write it down and says, oh, I need to go and look at that to see where to find that scripture. When I first came to church, yeah, I know technology wasn't as prevalent then, but I still will say it. When I first came to church, we all showed up at church. All of us had a nice Bible and we had a cover on the Bible. And most of the covers on the Bible, you were able to put highlighters and pens and all kind of stuff and notes and all that stuff. You were able to put all that stuff in your cover on your Bible. Why? Because you were coming in ready to learn. And we didn't think this book was so sacred that we couldn't write in it because we wrote in it and we marked in it because we wanted to remember where scriptures were. We wanted to study the word of God and get it in our heart and in our mind. And that's what we did. Now people come. And I'm telling you, I don't care how smart we get. I don't know if this is going to change. Maybe Jordan and Peyton can tell me. But I just feel like when you write something, you retain it more than if you text it, more than if you read it, more than if you sing it. When you write it down, write it. I mean, physically write it. You retain it better. It's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But the bottom line is, I'm telling you, that's how we used to do it when we first came to church now we come to church and i don't know what's going on we're not digging in the scripture we're not searching out the scripture so that's why when somebody come and tell you to be holy you're like i don't know what you're talking about because i'm holy this is why we can't live the way we need to live this is the way we can't operate the way we because we all we're telling people that I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't see what's wrong with this. Why? Because we stopped studying. We only receive the surface things and we go to the preacher that tell us what we like to hear because that preacher ain't digging in either. He just preached. Oh, man, don't. Some preachers are just preaching according to the times to get you just liking what they're preaching about. I'm telling you, I hear it. People are going to churches because. The preachers are preaching themes of, of, of what's going on. You know, like, like, let me let you into something. So if you watch SVU, um, law, 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 what is it called? Law and Order SVU, one, they've been running for 20 seasons, 20 years. One of the reasons why they have been doing that is because they do series according to current events. And that's great for TV show. 
That's why they've been running for 20 years. Because every major situation we have in our world, they, they do, a, they, they do a, a story about it and they act it out. And so you got preachers that's doing that now. You got preachers preaching about current events. So that keeps people, you know, but Jesus, his word is current. The word of God, I don't care when you receive it, if it's 2,000 years ago or it's today, the word of God is current. I don't need current events to make the word of God seem current. The word of God is current. And so people are just listening to preachers that just give them the surface stuff. People are reading their Bible and they're just going with the things, the surface stuff. If we're going to grow in God, we're going to have to study the word of God. We're going to have to get into the scriptures. We're going to have to know what the scriptures are saying and not just reading the surface stuff. Uh huh. Why do many external standards seem to affect ladies more than men? <laughs> Preachers don't want to get into that. God's word is God's word. I'm I'm getting into all of God's word. And when you say, "What's that all about?" It's God's word, not mine. Don't stone me. It's the word of God. The reason there seem to be more rules for women is that God created men and women differently. So it always see women always feel like it's unfair that they have to do more than men concerning holiness. Y'all got it easy. <laughs> You might want to check your motives while you're saying that. Listen to me. Men are stimulated by sight. That's how God created us. I don't know how many times I'm going to tell y'all, y'all wives this. Y'all won't listen. I give y'all the answer to be great wives, but y'all not listening. But I'll go over it tonight again. Men are stimulated by sight. Men are stimulated by sight. That's how God created him. He is stimulated by sight. This is why Jesus said, listen to me carefully, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her had committed adultery with her already in his heart. Matthew 5.28 a man is always attracted to a woman physically before he's connected to her emotionally. Women, I'm telling you all the truth. You got to learn that. But guess what? The women know this, but they act like they don't know it. I'm going to bust everybody tonight. The women know this, but they act like they don't know this. Okay. That is why pornography is sold almost exclusively to men. Why? They got to see it. Get mad all you want when a man looking. God created him that way. He just got to be disciplined and make sure God is working in his life so he don't look. But it's his nature to look. 
All right. Statistician tells us that even the majority of pornographic magazines published for women are actually purchased by men. Women, on the other hand, are stimulated by touch, either a physical touch or an emotional touch. That is why the Apostle Paul writes and give a different command concerning women and men. He said, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So, while a woman is commanded to appear a certain way so that the man is not stimulated, the woman's commandment is to act a certain way so that the, 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 so the man's commandment is to act a certain way so that the woman is not stimulated. I'll clear it up in a second for you in case you lost. That is why there are more external standards for women than there is for men. I love it when the women say, because when, when the pressure gets real tight, you know what women like to say? Preacher, it ain't my responsibility to be dressing no certain way because a man always looking. That's what y'all like to say. That's his business. If God can come and sit down next to you and tell you, he'll tell you. Yeah, it's his business, but I created him like that. You got a problem with that? I created him like that to be stimulated by look. Uh-huh. The additional rules for appearance are for the lady's own protection to protect her from the lust of men. It's his business, preacher. I'm getting there. We'll see if it's his business. In actuality, standards of action are often harder to keep than mere standards of appearance, ladies. So men, their holiness standards are standards of action. Women's holiness standards are standards of appearance. Standards of actions are harder to keep than standards of appearance. Uh, y'all quiet on me now because everybody trying to you know we like to get our way of saying okay I got my way of how this is supposed to be and that ain't for me oh this is for every one of us tonight in 1st Timothy 2 and 8 just before Paul mentions external standards for godly women Paul mentions three strict requirements for godly men Lift up holy hands. This is, this is a, these are standards for godly man. Lift up holy hands. It means a man that's free from sin. If you're walking around praying, lifting up holy hands, man, you're supposed to be free from sin. That's one. Two, worship without wrath. A man is supposed to worship God. And somehow we made that a woman's thing like only women really worship. God says a man is supposed to worship 
God. That means he must be free from anger because you can't worship God, man, if you got anger in your heart. Three, worship without doubting, a mind free from doubt. So a man must walk around with a mind free from doubt. A man must walk around not being anger and a man must walk around in a mode of prayer at all times. That's his standards to start with. Because if he's walking around making sure prayers in his heart, lifting up his hands, if he's walking around making sure he is he is he is not he doesn't have sin in his heart and he's worshiping God and he's not doubting, if he's walking around like that, then it's very hard for him to get caught looking. Hard to be looking when you're doing all that. Uh huh. Hard to be looking when you're doing all that. So the bottom line is this. How you dress, lady, will determine if a man, listen, find me that scripture um, in Matthew, what, 528? Find me that scripture, Matthew 528. Let's go back to that. Y'all not going to like this, ladies, but I'm teaching the word of God. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman, talking about man, to lust after her, had committed adultery, key word, key word, don't miss this, with her. Can you commit adultery by yourself? <laughs> so therefore, when you dress the way you want to dress, spunky and nice, and, 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 and the tight stuff on and you showing your body like that, he start looking and he lusts after you. The two of you committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Preacher, I, I, I don't see how. The word of God. The word of God. They tell me to move over. It's not my fault. I told you all to move the cameras. The word of God. So the bottom line is, God told the women to make sure they watch out for their attire, how they dress. Because God knows that men walk around looking because that's what they do. And so he's telling the woman, dress holy so the man don't struggle with what he sees. And the only people that have a problem with that is selfish people. It's like today, people don't want to wear their mask. You're selfish. You don't want to do the social distancing. You're selfish. I don't care how you want to put it. You're selfish. It's okay if you won't get any uh, corona and you'll be fine. And if you get it, you'll, that's fine for you. But what about somebody else? What about somebody else? That ain't right. If we know that we're young and strong, athletic, asymptomatic, none of this stuff, we walk around with no mask. Well, I'm not worried about it. Okay. But what about somebody else? Love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're loving our neighbor as ourselves, ladies. Guess what? If you care about that, loving your neighbor as yourself and obeying God's commandment, then you will watch how you dress. Watch how you dress because because you are supposed to be saying in your mind, 
I don't want him get in trouble with God because of me. But when you're selfish, you know what you say? That's his business. He need to get himself under control. Selfish. Just like not wearing your mask. Selfish. Selfish. Because if you understand that it is God's will that all be saved, why would you hurt somebody from being saved? Why? Because you're selfish. And if you ever got involved with reaching a soul, somebody that's lost and don't know Christ, if you ever get involved with them from start to finish, meaning they were lost and didn't know Jesus, and you got involved with them, and you helped them, and you bring them to church, and you teach them a Bible study, and you help them along the way, answer questions, do whatever you can, and watch them come out of darkness and into God's marvelous life. If you went through that as an instructor, as a lover of people, as a Christian person, if you did all that, you will respect the process of I'm not trying to help nobody, trying to hurt nobody get saved, get get from getting saved. But if you if you never gone through that, well that's your business. Can I tell you a secret? <laughs> it's in my teaching. You ever notice a woman that's not saved, or a woman that has backslid from church? The very first thing she do is change her dress. Because here's the game that get played innately. Here's the game that get played innately. And whether we want to say yes to it or not, I'm telling you this is a fact because it's the word of God. Women know that if they want to be touched by a man, they got to look a certain way. Nobody wants to say nothing. Oh, Lord. So if you're in church and you feel like you can't get a man and nobody looking at you, you start blaming how you've been dressing. I can't stay in that church because I need a man. So you know what you do? You leave church and the first thing you do is change your dress. Why? Because really what you're saying is I'm getting ready to put something on that will catch somebody's attention so they can come touch me. Because nobody was touching me. You can lie to anybody else you want. You can't lie to Jesus. I'm telling you what I know. So you blame Jesus. And never stop to think all along while you're in church. Maybe what was in your heart wasn't right. So he didn't bring you no man yet. But you kept on blaming on church. Man, I can't find no good man in church. So you left church. Jesus knows what's in your heart. Everybody. He knows our heart. We can lie to ourselves, we can lie to people, but we can't lie to Jesus. And Jesus knows what's in our heart. And so there may be things in our heart that he's saying, sis, if I give you a husband, you're going to ruin him. But we know how to get the man to touch us. The women know how to get the man to touch them. Because as soon as they leave this place, they know how to jazz it up. And they first they start seeing the eye following them. And they know the eye is following them. And they put an extra walk in it because the eye is following them. And they can't wait until you get close enough to touch them. Because it's innate in you, lady. You can lie to yourself all you want. The way how you look will cause the man to look and eventually touch you. And you're stimulated by touch. 
I'm just telling you the truth. This is this is this is some of the stuff we're dealing with. Why we won't be holy? Because really deep down, you're saying, if I get holy, I'll never get a man. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Is that what you're, you don't trust God is what you're telling me. If I get holy, I'll never get a man because ain't no man looking at no holy woman. Everything in Christ is about faith. And if you have faith for him to bless you financially, if you have faith for him to heal you, if you have faith for him to do whatever you have faith for, then you better have faith that even when you look holy and righteous and you just anointed of God, that the man will find you. But you don't want to believe that. You don't want to believe that. So that's why the women's standard for outward appearance is more than men. They're different. God knows how he made and created us. So he's trying to get us all to understand how we need to behave. How the man needs to carry himself to make sure he is not tempted. What his holiness standard is. And the woman, what is your holiness standard so you can be sure that you are not tempted we have to get this holiness thing right and know the reason why we're doing it for so long you know people are hearing that oh you need to wear this or you need to wear that or don't wear this don't wear that don't and we're like we're all over the place and everybody's like well what in the world well the bottom line is it's about your relationship with your god that's what it comes down to it's about your relationship with your God. And if you are trying to live your life to please God, then you're going to do what God says. And if you know that whatever your actions are, that's negative. If it can hurt somebody's uh, relationship with God or somebody's attempt to live for God, then you do what you can to not do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So men are to lift up holy hands, a body free from sin. Men are to worship without wrath, a spirit free from anger. So man should not be in sin. Man should not be angry. And man should not doubt. That's internal. And man have to try their best to keep doing that. Free from sin. Not being angry. And not doubting. Mhm. 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 The way how you look, if you want If you want to dress any kind of way you want to dress so you can get some attention, do it in front of your husband. <laughs> Quiet in here. Do it in front of your husband. And if you don't have one, wait till you get one. But if you want to dress a certain way to get some attention, go ahead. That's where you're supposed to do it. But we got to get this holiness thing together. The women will have more to do with outward appearance, and the men will have to do more with actions. Not doubting, not being angry. Not living in sin. Make sure there are men that pray. 
Those are the things that God is expecting from men. So really and truly, the standards that the men are required to follow holier than the ones the women are. How can you say that, preacher? Because the standards that the men are required to follow, it never cease. Women get in their bedroom, it cease. Women get home in front of her family, it cease. But man, you should never sin. Man, you should never be angry. Man, you should never be doubting God. Not in your sleep, not when you wake up, not when you go to sleep. Those standards, they, they're static. They never change. So who have the greater standard just by dealing with those things right there? But the women walk around and says, I need a break. I can't just be doing this all the time. Tell that to Jesus. What happens to a believer who rejects external holiness standards? What happens to a believer who rejects external holiness standards? The rejection of holiness will eventually cause one to live in hypocrisy or rebellion and they will end up lost. So, so if you reject it, meaning I'm teaching it to you tonight and you're saying, I don't know about all that. Listen, you're going to have a hard time receiving certain things from the pastor and other things you don't agree with. Either you agree with it all or you don't agree with it. If he's preaching the word, that is. I'm not preaching myself. I'm preaching the word. So either you're going to take all of Jesus or none of Jesus. That's how Jesus feels. First Thessalonians 3 and 13, the word of God says to the end, he may establish or establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all saints. Titus 1, 16. Big one, big one. They profess that they know God. But in works. They deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. (laughs) They profess to know God. Everybody walking around say, I know God, but it don't look like they know God. But everybody know God. What should I do? If I do not feel convicted about a certain standard, first, you should carefully and prayerfully study the word of God on your own, allowing it to convict your heart. Many times the Holy Ghost will illuminate your understanding through the anointed preaching and teaching of God's word as well. Your responsibility is to willingly submit to God's word as it revealed to your spirit. James tell us to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So the bottom line is when the word of God is taught that you don't like it, James says you still need to receive it. Because you're not going to like all of it because it's God's word and his ways is not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. 
In cases where principles of holiness must be practically applied, there might be cases where you view things differently than other Christians. In these areas, your responsibility is to submit to the man of God who has been placed over you. Listen to this statement carefully. Listen to this statement carefully. You cannot be saved without submitting to your pastor. I'm going to tell you why in a second. Listen to the next statement. If you can't submit to the one you have, find another one. You want me to tell you something? You want me to tell you a secret about that one? Usually if you can't submit to the one you've got, you'll never find one you can submit to. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's something that you probably don't know. But if you can't submit to the one you have, you will probably not ever be able to submit to any. So the bottom line is you need to learn how to submit when God speaks his word into your heart and into your mind. You don't want to uh, uh, not submit because here is why you can't get saved without a pastor. The pastor is going to teach the word of God. And if you willingly reject or disobey, that's what brings in the sin. So, for holiness, remember we say an immature Christian will probably not be as holy in all the areas that they need to be because they're they're still growing. They don't understand everything, and it can be taught to them, and they still don't understand. So, that's understandable. But now think about someone that's been saved for a long time, and they're hearing it, and they're understanding it. When you hear it, and you understand it, and you don't do it, that's called disobedience. That's a sin. That's where it gets. So a lot of times people are saying, well, well, I, I don't have to do that. OK, but then now it brings you into a different status, which is called disobedience. And disobedience is a sin. As a matter of fact, I feel like I hear the Holy Ghost telling me that that's why some people change church. Because they don't have to live disobediently. I just heard the Holy Ghost told me that. That's why some people change church, because under the teaching that tells you what the word of God say you must do in order to not feel like you're sinning, you have to go someplace that they don't teach that. And so if they don't teach that at another place, then you don't have to be accountable to obey that. (laughs) Only problem is you've got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will prompt you and convict you and tell you what you should or shouldn't do. So you're still disobeying something. Someone, something. Uh huh. All right, let me finish this up for tonight. Let me finish up for tonight. Since holiness is God's very nature, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive a holy nature. Don't forget that. You, you, you don't have the power to be holy. But having the Holy Ghost empowers you to be holy. Through the power of the Spirit, we can overcome sin and live righteously. We have freedom from sin's dominion, the power to choose not to sin because we have the power within us to overcome it. 
we will not continue to live in sin. And in fact, our new nature cannot sin. Your new nature, the Holy Spirit that's in you cannot sin. God can't sin. However, our old nature is not eradicated, but merely subdued within us. So our flesh still has the ability to commit sinful acts. However, the born again nature within us restrains us from habitually committing sin. As long as we let the spirit lead us, we will not sin. I finish with this. The law of the spirit does not destroy the law of sin, but overcomes it. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying so you understand. As long as a bird flaps its wings, the law of aerodynamics enable it to overcome the law of gravity. However, gravity has not been destroyed. If the bird folds its wings, gravity reasserts itself and the bird plunges to the ground. Christians can live above sin if they continually flap their spiritual wings. Holiness is flapping your spiritual wings. And so it's up to us if we're going to be holy or not. But I'm teaching you about it. Because I know there is power in holiness. When you are holy, you will show up on the scene and people will begin to wonder what, 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 you, what, what what's going on with you. And there's nothing going on with you. It's just the holiness of God working in you and through you that's just showing up and manifesting among people. And they're wondering what's going on with you. Nothing. Just the Holy Ghost working through me. And I believe a lot can be done just by us being holy. I believe the power of God will be unleashed in places where we show up just by being holy. Next week, we'll talk about the apparel question. What women wear, what men wear. We'll get into that next week. We'll do two more, about two more weeks of this and we'll be done. But I just wanted you to be fully informed so you're, you understand the importance of holiness. Any questions? You can... Text in your question if you're listening online. And if you're here this evening and you have any questions, I, I can take a couple of questions before we sign off. Anyone have any questions about the subject that we're discussing here tonight? Don't be shy. I like questions. Don't you know that? I feel like we're learning when we have questions. Anyone sending anything yet, uh, Patrice? No. Okay. We have a guest with us tonight. And um, we want to welcome tonight Marie Elaine. Where's Marie Elaine? Amen, Miss Elaine. It's so good to see you. So good to have you. God bless you. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. We want you to know that we're happy that you came out on a Thursday night. See, we're trying to keep you safe, right? Yeah. You, you felt you, you felt safe. The people stopped you at the door and took your temperature. They didn't take your temperature. Oh, they did take your temperature. I'm making sure, putting them on the spot. They took your temperature. Okay, so you good. 
Oh, I know. We all cool up in here. That's what's good about it. <laughs> yeah. You can't get in if you're not cool. <laughs> I love it. We welcome you, Miss Elaine. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Amen. Make sure you greet her and let her know how much we love her and appreciate her and thank her for coming. Amen. Any questions before we close on holiness? I feel like there's a couple of questions tonight, but nobody want to ask it. I don't know why. You know, I like questions, you know. We don't want to take the opportunity to ask questions. No? All right. Rayon, you have any questions? No? All right. All right. Okay, let's stand then since there's no questions. Amen. Hallelujah. God called us to be holy because he's holy. He wants us to be like him. And if he's holy, you know what's funny? You never really saw a rich person hanging out with poor people. Am I lying? Rich people like to hang out with rich people. When rich people get around poor people, it's because they're helping them. Not because they're hanging with them. Rich people hang with rich people, middle class hang with middle class, and poor people hang with poor people. I'm trying to tell you that's what's wrong with our world, and we're making it all have to be all this other stuff. But that's a fact. I bring that up just to say, if God is holy, why do you think he wants us to be unholy? It's just that simple. He wants us to be holy because he is holy. And that's why he has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help us to be holy if we entertain and obey what the Spirit is doing on the inside, as well as the Word of God. So we can be holy if we want to be holy. We should never put any limitations on holiness. And you'll see, as we finish up this lesson, you will see that uh, there's three types of way, or or three uh, entities of how you will be taught holiness. The, the word of God, the pastor or the church, however, that, that, that sway, the word of God is what he's teaching. And then the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Those are the three sources of how you will learn how to be holy. But the third part of that is the spirit of God teaching you how to be holy is something. I told you when I was young in the church and I came to church, I was following holiness standards that nobody taught me. Because I have the Holy Ghost in me. And the Holy Ghost will tell you what you should do because of your lifestyle, where he brought you from. And so he's trying to show you how to live holy because of where you're coming from. So the Holy Spirit will teach you how to be holy. And it might not be something that's being taught in the church. It might not be something that you read in the Bible. It's just the Holy Spirit is working in your life teaching you how to be holy. God is holy and he wants his people to be holy. And if we're going to go to heaven, that's holy. We are going to have to be holy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us tonight. I pray, almighty God, that we will not allow the word of God to offend us. Lord, you know all things. You know what's best for us. Lord, you know, oh God, and you have all the right intentions, all the best intentions for us. Help us to realize that, oh God, that you love us so dearly, that, Lord, you have our, our best interests at hand, and you want us, Lord God, 
to be holy. And Lord, I pray that we will be a people that will embrace holiness, especially in these times, that we will embrace holiness, Lord God, and not reject holiness, and not rebel against holiness, that we will look for opportunities, Lord God, to allow holiness to just, oh God, overtake our lives so we can walk in holiness and righteousness, Lord God. I pray that the word of God spoken here tonight, oh God, that went into our hearing, that Lord Jesus, there will be a change that will come upon us. There will be a move of your spirit, Lord God, that will just overtake us and that we, oh God, will walk in holiness. Father, help us tonight, oh God, that we will receive and obey the word of God. That, Lord God, we will not reject the word of God, but we will allow it to bring about change. God, we want to be holy because you are holy. We want to be like you. So often we pray, Lord, and says, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Well, oh God, I want to be like you. And you are holy. I want to be holy. You are holy, Lord. We want to be holy. We want to be like you, Jesus. Help us tonight, oh God. Will you quicken us by your spirit and stir us, oh God, that we will be holy like you. Help us, oh God, to be cheerful in receiving the word of God. Ah, that we will receive the word of God with cheerfulness and with gladness. And not to resent the word of God, but to receive it, oh God, with gladness. Father, I pray that you will continue to bless and strengthen each and every one of us and this church, this body of believers, Lord God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the honor, Lord. We give you the praise, for there is none like you. You alone are worthy of the praises. Bless us as we go tonight, Lord God. Will you shield us and keep us from all danger, from all harm, Lord God. I pray, pray, Lord Jesus, that you have your way in our thoughts, in our hearts. Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord God. There is none like you. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for sending Miss Elaine by here tonight. Will you bless her, Lord God? Will you bless her family, Lord God? Lord, I pray that you will make her path clear and make her way straight and that the will of God be done in her life. Allow her to experience the blessings and the power of God in her life. Lord, we thank you for her tonight, for you bringing her by. Lord, as we go to our respective place of dwellings, let your hand be upon us and let holiness consume us. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. God bless you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your attentiveness. Have a wonderful evening. Righteousness is what I